Hello, welcome to this week's Wolves Fancast. David Evans here, and if things couldn't get any worse at Molyneux, well, they probably just have. Wolves are clinging on above the relegation zone, just on goals scored. Now, the beautiful dream we had at the start of the season is now turning into that nightmare. I should have done some kind of Beyonce thing with that, shouldn't I? But, no? No? Okay, I'll, I'll just forget I ever said that. Uh, on the podcast this week, we've got Andy Gillard. Hello. We've got Richard Hobbs. I've just got your Beyonce reference. There we go, there we're fine. Thank hello, you. Everyone. Thank you. Adam Price. Well, I haven't got it, but hello. <laughs> and he's made his return for the first time this season. It's the part-timer. Luke Thompson is here. How are you doing? I felt like I should have played some Stone Cold Steve oh, Austin, yeah. that music. Have you missed me that? That's the last important thing. Uh, no, not oh, really. Okay. It's the, the ratings have gone up. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you joke, jokes, but they actually, they actually have. have. <laughs> but Luke is making a cameo this week. The thing is, like, Luke um, sent the t- Twitter group, our little Twitter DM group, a message this week saying, could he come on the podcast? And we were all like, yeah, that's fine. I noticed at the same time that Luke was having a massive rant about what was going on at Wolves, and I kind of thought, hang on a second, <laughs> why is he coming on the podcast? So just this either. might be, you might notice a bit of a, a soapbox opportunity for Luke yeah, this week, nah. too. Get on a, his little box and say why he doesn't like certain people at Wolves. Don't think he's going to sort of ease his way back in. I think it's just going to be sort of a full-on... Yeah. Yeah, you know Maybe. what grinds my gears, kind of section. Yeah. But you know, I wouldn't use you guys like that. I bet you sound to all the podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, the game against Sheffield Wednesday, which I'm sure you're all looking forward to, and preview the Thursday's game against QPR. But firstly, Wolves are lower confident. Wolves can't seem to score a goal and seem to be conceding many, many goals. So it feels that Wolves need a motivation. They need something to get them back on their high horse and get them back to winning way. So if you, gentlemen, could pick anybody from sport, football or anyone from film, TV, fictional characters to give a rousing speech to the team before Thursday night's game, who would it be and why? Adam. David Brent. Yeah. Strong. I like that. That's That's a good good I want him to do exactly what I did in the office. Just open the door and just go, get out. Get out. Go on. I'll open the door for you. Yeah? If you don't want to make it, go now. Yeah? Save us all a bit of time. Yeah? If you don't think you can cut it. No? Good. You finished it? No. Go on, get out, and then do his horrible speech, and then play simply the best <laughs> when he's finished. <laughs> yeah. And then when one of the players turn it off early, he comes back in and slags him off and has a go. Yeah. That's my pitch. That's a solid choice. A solid choice. Andy, we going for I think if you need someone who's going to get a ragtag bunch of losers playing, it's got to be Coach Gordon Bombay. And also like the idea of the 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 Wolves players just before the match doing the quack attack thing, <laughs> just before they come out. That's <laughs> yeah, Gordon Bombay for me. Yeah, that's a solid choice. Rich, can he make it a third solid choice? Ron Burgundy. That's all I'm going to... I don't think it's anything more. He clearly works well as a leader of men. (laughs) Um, He's got his own coaching staff there. Exactly. He's kind of a big deal. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I I think he'd be the perfect choice to get Wolves in a position. And it's on primetime TV as well, so we'd be be ready. (laughs) I tell you what, I'm not going to lie, I don't know what um, Luke's going for, but I think we're we're just ticking off fancast references. And it's going to be someone from Jurassic Park or something now, isn't it? (laughs) I'm, I'm not really good with like the films and TV shows. Like it doesn't have to be like. anything like that. It could be, it could be anyone from any other sport or football or anything like that. Well, mine would be because you, you sent the message out and you said do a bit of homework and like being back at school, I didn't do my homework, but I did, I, I did think about it slightly, literally for like thirty seconds, and I was thinking more along the lines of you know how the players are really low on confidence at the moment, so I yeah. think they need somebody who can sort of get into their heads mm. and get them to think. In a positive way. I, I, had a, I had a think about it when you asked us to, to think. And... <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is where you cut back in there. <laughs> okay. It fades out. It fades in again. Um, okay. Somebody who can bring that underdog spirit out of us. You know, we're, we're up against it now. We're struggling. We need a bit of fight from somewhere. And the man to lead that team talk is Winston Churchill. That's all I'd go for. Yeah. Winston Churchill. Yeah. So there's a theme here from the previous response. Yeah. 
Good. <laughs> I thought she was going to say Angela Merkel, to be honest. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> um, for me, there's one uh, clear choice, and that would be uh, bringing back Bill Pullman, a.k.a. the President, out of Independence Day, just to turn up and do his Independence Day speech, which is by far one of the greatest speeches in film, and if I ever listen to it now, it still gives me goosebumps. Not the speech from Independence Day 2, Resurgence. No, not the one where it sounds like he's about to do a speech yeah. and nothing happens. No, that, that speech from Independence Day. Listen to it. I might try and clip it onto the podcast as well. <laughs> but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today... We celebrate our Independence Day. Someone needs to put the dramatic music ambience yeah. on the background when they start the speech. <laughs> so yeah, so we've got a choice of people there, just the club now need to just hire one of them. Well, Churchill's dead. <laughs> yes. Uh, Brent's fictional. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. mine. Well, they're all fictional because we went down the fictional path. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that we, we could not pick someone from actual the real sport of football. We've all or just someone who's real and alive. Yeah. Yes. Well, technically, some of them are alive, but we'd have to ask them to be their fictional selves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before we talk about Sheffield Wednesday, let's do correction corner, where we had an email this week from John McMurr, who's disappointed that we missed out that Danny Bart was suspended for uh, the game against Sheffield Wednesday because we kept mentioning about he, how he would be in the defence. So apologies, John. Obviously, if you've got any errors that we point out on the corner, any pernickety stuff, email us, uh, podcast at wallspancast.com and we will we will apologise if there's anything, obviously, you do like about what we do. Podcast at wallspancast.com. Anyway, let's go to the bit that you all want to listen to and it's Wolves' defeat at the weekend at home to Sheffield Wednesday, a 2-0 defeat, so Wolves now extend their winless run to 9, but it opened up an array of questions about what is going on at our club, just clinging outside the relegation zone, Lambert already amongst fans, not receiving the best of treatment. Gentlemen, let's just start with the team selection first, because it was quite a conservative team selection, perhaps something you would see under Kenny Jackett. When you saw it... Before we talk about the game, what did you think? Conservative is polite, isn't it? That's a polite way yeah. of putting it. I don't dislike George Savile. I think there's a player. Let's address the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> I said a butt coming. <laughs> but he is no left winger. Yeah. And maybe playing someone who's going to naturally try and drift inside anyway, being a central player, next to a right back who's playing at left back who's also going to have a similar tendency to naturally come inside probably not the best plan mm. Do you know what I'd love to sit down with football managers and understand their, their thoughts sometimes because at what point has he sat he's took training he's sat back in his office probably got his laptop out with his squad in front of him and thought yeah do you know what I want to play George Savile yeah. left wing and it's not just it's not just yeah. Lambert, is it? Other managers have done it. Zenger, yeah. didn't he? He went. Started, he's finished. He's yeah. finished training. Gone. You know what? Do you, you know what I want to do? I will play. <laughs> I've got a question. Okay. Right. I, I will. I will play Prince Onyege, left wing. I mean, I, I don't know where. The, the I, I'm not understanding like the McCarthy mentality. McCarthy used to do it with strikers. He used to play Fletcher on the left wing. Well, no, I think. Well, at least that's an advanced is, player playing a kind of advanced position. But why? It's to do. With, I think it's basically down to him being a natural left-footed player. And, you know, say Stephen Ward, Fletcher as well, would kind of, they naturally sort of shunt them out into that position because somehow in this day and age it still seemed as a rarity to have a left-footed player, you know. Well, Costa's left-footed. Well, that Costa would be, that, yeah, that would be the only thing I can think of. And they just prefer playing him on the right as he feels like he's more of a uh, left-footed right winger. Is Tashira left-footed? Right-footed. No, right-footed. And that's the only thing I can think of to give that team... Potential balance, so to speak, but frankly, by playing a left footy player on the left, left hand side, yeah. and a left footy player on the right hand side, just so, just so <laughs> yeah. you're all going, yeah. I'll yeah. and two right <laughs> footy <laughs> fullbacks. I'm, I'm clutching at straws here, <laughs> nobody knows. I, I yeah, think that's the only thing I can think of why you'd play George Savile there, um, rather than one of the five other wingers. I we've can't got. see any any 
any rationale to play yeah. towards no. something. I, I just cannot see it. The, the only thing I thought was maybe he would drop in to create a midfield three if they were getting overrun. But then we've got a massive gap down the left-hand mm. side then, so yeah. that doesn't really work either. But that said, other than Savile, it's probably the team I would have gone with, to be honest. There wasn't much else. It was just that one massive mm. square peg in a round hole. A lot of the criticism <laughs> after the game was between not picking Cavalero with Savile. Now, we're on a third manager now, technically, who hasn't picked regularly Cavalera as a starter. Is it that we're not seeing something in the week with Cavalera? Because you would look at the paper and go, this guy, our record signing, he should be quite good. He's naturally going to be in the first choice. But even Zenga wasn't picking him in the first 11. I know Rob Edwards did pick him for the Diver game, but he didn't do so well when he started. Now, obviously, Lambert's not starting him. What... What are we missing here? Why, why isn't this guy playing? Or is it just that we're just not seeing something in the week? It's, it's got to be down to training. Because you look at... When we played Blackburn away, Jed Waddis played X amount of minutes on the left-hand side. It was crap. Mm. Cavalero came on for 10 or 15 minutes and did more in that 10 or 15 minutes than mm. Jed Waddis did in the whole game. He did it again on Saturday. He did more in his 10 or 15 minutes cameo role than Savile did in... The seventy-four. Yeah. He was only on for fifth. He got subbed off time, didn't he? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And then who moved to the left? We didn't have one. It, we, wow. <laughs> second off. You see, guys. Second off, we had Edwards playing whatever his normal position and left wing. It was and a, in the Preston away game, he only was on playing for five minutes, didn't he? and he got second in our man of the match poll. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just don't understand. It's, it's obvious that when he's playing, he's doing more in ten or fifteen minutes than. The players that are doing in 60, 70, 80 minutes mm. that are being picked ahead of him, it just makes no sense. I think uh, it, when you look at it, you play Cavalero and Costa and we're going to win more games or we're going to be more of an attacking threat than what we have been. Mm. We've played Savile on the left-hand side for the last two games now and have we had two shots on target? Mm. It's not been many, has it? And you could argue in the previous games that we've not had many shots on target in general, even when Savile wasn't started. Yeah, but, but Cavalero wasn't starting as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jed Wallace, you, you're going to get the same amount of creativity from Jed yeah. Wallace because he's shit. He's just crap. There's just no, no point beating around the bush. He's just not good enough at this level to play in that position. Whereas Cavalero is, and he's sort of showed that he's. Has Savile showed that he's good enough to play in that position this season? Not in that position. Has Jed Wallace showed he's good enough to play in that position this season? No. Has Cavalero in his bits... I'm not saying that he's been amazing, but he's comfortably done a lot better than anyone else who's played in that position. Do you think management then, since the start of the season, have thought he's more of an impact player then? That he's played so well in those little fits of bursts that if you actually try and play him for a continuous period, it just doesn't have the same effect. Well, we, 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 we can't. We haven't got the luxury of playing impact players because mm. by the time we're making something in the seventieth minute, we're already one or two nil down. Mm. Yeah. So that's pointless, and it's a stupid way of thinking. I don't know if the managers trust them to do. They think they're going to be too attacking if they play both of them, Costa and Cavalero. Well, he doesn't think he's going to follow the instructions on the pitch. Mm. You know, yeah. that's kind of the reason why Edwards plays. Most weeks he's played under seven managers or whatever ridiculous it is because you know what you're going to get from him mm. and you know it might not be stellar performances and it might not have a flair and end result all the time but you know you're going to get someone who's going to work hard for you and you know with the position we're in maybe he's wanting players who he can <coughs> trust or he can rely on who he tells him to who he tells someone like Savile, you need to make sure you're dropping back and have someone who's potentially more defensive. Whether that's gonna be the he needs someone who knows who's gonna follow his runs. Um but well, he was still though. crap, so it kind of doesn't work as an argument. Mm-hmm. The problem we have though, and this is borne out in the last two games about with Costa and Savile playing the wings, is that Costa becomes a one an only creative Outlet. player yeah. on the pitch. Now, if he has a bad game or is marked out of the game, what, what yeah, happens then? Trouble, then? Yeah. What, what are we going to do? And, and who's who's going to try then? In the last couple of games, he hasn't really been the force he was before. Yeah. You know, Whether but, or not he doesn't quite sit when there's that much pressure yeah. on him to be our main outlet, could be that. Whereas when he's been one of a few, he's done quite well. Let's go on to the game then. It seemed to be over after half an hour already. We did well first 15 minutes yeah. and we were pressing them well and we pressed them well as a team. Yeah, but then as soon as the penalty happened with Doherty 
and Forest Airy converting it kind of seemed to be all over from then. Second half, Wolves again had a, another slight little comeback. Wolves had two very good chances with Dico and Cavalero, but it wasn't to be. Let's talk about the penalty firstly. It was an obvious penalty, wasn't it? From- Doherty should yeah. get yeah. a, a two-week fine. Yeah. That was one of the worst decisions I've probably seen a Wolves player make on a football pitch but the, in a while. The start, the start of the play came from, wasn't it Steeman who kind of was pushed too much for on the Sheffield Wednesday plays? He kind of didn't anticipate the player. It was it the second sweet. goal? That was the second goal. But it, you could argue that Iolfa didn't do enough to stop the cross. The ball, they did a nice switch over to the left-hand side. It was a great ball in by Bannon. Took it first time first right time across the cross. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could... You know, it was a good ball in, but it's great to go flying in like mm. that. You know when like so some, you know, when something happens and like it, like something flashes in your mind, you, yeah. you know it's going to happen in, yeah. the next, in the next half a second, but you can't say anything. It doesn't, the words don't come out your mouth quick enough. You just saw him in right flash before your eyes. This is a penalty. He's going to do mm. something ridiculous yeah. in that half a second. You just you just saw it, and in that, no, it's on the save bang. Just uh, everyone collectively just went. Oh, yeah. fuck's sake. If the safe bank kind of pleading against it, you know it's a penalty. Shout out to the person. Yeah, shout out to the person behind me who was still persisting on how it wasn't a penalty. But <laughs> God, it was a fair tackle. And, uh, and then the second goal came, which Stephen kind of saw the the, the, the play late. It might be Forestieri actually. Yeah. I'm not. Well, it all started from yeah, it the wasn't it? Because all the players yeah, were over the left-hand side of the pitch and he booted it over mm. to Iorfa. And then it was an awful pass from Iorfa to Stearman. I think mm. that's kind of indicative of his form and the team's form. They don't have enough confidence to pass mm. the ball correctly mm. to one another. But I mean, he's been awful for 12 months, Iorfa. Yeah. Mm. His first touch, he's ridiculous. It's like 10 yards touch, ahead of him. Every single he now time. looks like he's a centre-back a centre-back. Playing at right back, mm. if you know what I mean, and mm. like he looks like he can't carry a ball for nothing. It's, it's yeah. disappointing. We've got the, and I've seen so many comments about this over the weekend. We've got two guys in this team who are England under twenty international, highly rated, and seem to do quite well when they actually go and play for England at the minute for under 23s But when it comes to playing for Wolves at the minute, they they seem so nervous. I mean, Hawes is probably doing obviously the better out of the two of them. But it's so these are two guys who came with the squad two a couple of years ago, and you thought, wow, these these are going to be potential future Premier League players probably perhaps not even with us which he probably wouldn't have minded so much if they've got the, the talent but it, it seems odd that they're really off the rails in a minute oh isn't this fun <laughs> <laughs> they both need a League One loan because neither of them look up to this standard I think what they need is because they're still only young mm. you know they need a leader mm. to talk mm. them through a game to be fair and, and you know give them that little bit of confidence and say because you can, um, horse passed the ball across the box in oh the, the second, was in the second half, half. Mm. and it went nowhere near Steeman. Steeman had to run after the ball, and I can't remember what happened afterwards. But I looked at Steeman, and he said nothing. No, really, you should be turning around and saying, "What the fuck was that? <laughs> Why are you putting me in trouble? Sort your game out." Yeah. But that's it's, what it needs. It's about that's what it you needs. know. That's what rule four in football. You never pass across your own yeah, yeah, box. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like you know, you did it twice though, didn't you? But, but, there was two passes like that where all it took was one player stepping up, and they did it time and again against the Sheffield Wednesday. The amount of interceptions they got, they could easily have won three, four, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of that. Awful decision making. This goes back to the fact that that was a key area that hasn't, what wasn't strengthened in the summer. Mm. That needed an experience. And, and hasn't been, the only one come up with yeah. was Stearman. We all know it, you never go back. And he's, he was never a leader before. You never go back. He was never been a leader the entire time we've had him. Mm. Yeah. We've really lacked one well, since well, well, you, Craddock, haven't we? Because Doherty is not that old. Here. He's only about 24, isn't he? He's still quite a young So defense. we've got a really young defender. What we need, what <clears throat> I feel what we need is somebody in that centre half who's going to take control of it, be demanding. And and just organise these young guys and help them progress their game. I think, the, I I think, think me and Dave are going to have a race I, to see. I it. think the answer has been right under our nose for a long time, and we've got to hope that he can actually play football he might in January. Yeah. Mike Williamson's fucking arse has gone like literally. But, yeah. <laughs> but this is exactly just whole people in a straight line in a back four. I mean, I was going to say. With Iorfa, it's interesting when you look back on it, he had his best games for Wolves when he had James Henry playing in front of him, mm. who knew his job, mm. knew how to cover his full-back and hold on to the ball and give him that outlet he needed. And 
Costa's a far better player than Henry, but potentially having someone like Henry who's a bit more... Conservative. Yeah, and kind of giving him that option, maybe sort of being a right footer as well, so he's kind of allowing him to open up the pitch for him, maybe helps him more than it showed. You could possibly look at it that with Henry, I offer had to attack and defend. With yeah. Costa, he's not got to worry about defending. Well, exactly. Because he hasn't really got to... He doesn't have that tactical no. option, does no, he? No, because um. Costa, once he's gone, he's gone. You know, he's just going to do it on his own. And to be fair, how often has I offer overlapped this season? Mm. Yeah. Well, to be fair, he just hasn't. I was going to say, many times. I mean, he keeps trying to come inside. <clears> that is one <throat> of the problems. I mean, I was going to say, it's all well and good him overlapping, but I think in nearly, what, three years of him playing for Wolves... I don't think I've seen him put in a uh, successful cross. No, which yeah. not one cross, or one that's gone about yeah, more than which, a half a which, yard off the floor. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it might be that he is genuinely someone who's playing out of position now, and it's showing more and more. But not shall confidently seen him at centre half. But talking defence, oddly going back to it, our answer in January, if he's fit, could strangely be Mike Williamson. Mm-hmm. Because when yeah. he came in against Birmingham last season, yeah. straight away you could see he's a leader. This guy yeah. was talking mm-hmm. to everybody, was getting everyone organised, was being vocal, telling people when they had time, when a man was coming, you know, telling people where their options was for the pass. At the moment, we've got nothing. And Danny Bath, as a captain, is disgusting. Blackburn away, we was one nil down. Blackburn was attacking. He went in for a slide tackle with Gallagher. I think it was. Won the tackle and it went in, went out for a throw, a corner, sorry, and he just jogged back in. Now for me, your captain saying, "Fuck it, come on now, boys, get organised, yeah. defend this corner, and then push out." But he's just trotting back. Like, where's the communication? Seen, where's the yeah, getting yeah. getting? We've the seen it recently on? with Edwards, hasn't he? Edwards seems to be more the vocal mm. person. But you can't. I mean, even games. if it's just a, even if Edwards is more of a vocal one, you need a team of leaders. Well, yeah. We can't, you know, even if on that pitch there was Bart and Edwards, that's not enough. Not enough of these players are taking responsibility for their actions. Yeah. You'd love to play against Wolves. Yeah. Because you know you're not going to get hit very hard. Mm. Because we're too we're too nice, mm. too easy to play against. You know, I don't, I don't think the goalkeeper situation potentially helps. I don't think either Akimi or Lonergan do enough to get that back four in position. Mm. And they should be doing more. Um you know, we've got centre-halves who aren't particularly vocal. Now, fair enough, if that's not their style. You know, you've got players like Ledley King, for example, who wasn't a quiet... And jo- Jody Cranick, to some extent, mm. wasn't a loud player. But you've got to have that presence about you if that's the case. And ours don't really seem to have that. And it, go- it feels like it kind of goes through this team. And we've got a few players like someone like... Jack Price is a good example of this. He might do lots of shouting and pointing. That's not really good enough if no one's actually doing it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Let's talk about the second half. I say Wolves mounted some kind of little comeback like they do. Uh, Dicko had a, a chance kind of square on, but he could he have... Should, he needed to square that. Mm. I think Dicko is so kind of desperate to probably get that goal now, to get back into the, the mix of things. He, he still doesn't seem to be... What worries me is that... He's not going to pick up the electric form he had before he was injured. And I know before he was injured, he hadn't started the season as well last season. But I'm worried the longer it goes, the longer that it's he's not going to pick up the dicko that we know. I think it's time that we started him now. Yeah. Hmm. He's obviously fit enough now, you know, back to full fitness. He's got to be started. And then maybe his form will come back if he can have a run. Hmm. Because with all due respect to Bod Varson, he's had a lot of opportunities. But for me, Bod Varson can't play up front on his own. He's never going to get more than eight or nine in a season, which if you're playing one up front, it's, it's just going to get you relegated. Um, so I think now it's time to unleash the dick. <laughs> <laughs> um. To be honest, I don't think it matters if you play Dicko up front or Bod Larson. We're almost, at, ironically, the same problem we were six months ago in the jacket when we were saying, oh, well, why Sigurdsson playing over anyone else? Because it doesn't matter who we're going to stick up there, they're still going to have zero service. Mm. Mm. At the end of like, mm. 
Old Varson, yeah, he's not been great the last few games. But I can't remember him having a chance. Oh, in no. And, and yeah, I'm not, I'm, nothing great. And, the know, service to him has been absolutely Now, may, maybe Dick only, you know, he did a bit in the second half where he'll take the ball out wide and he'll kind of have a couple of nice turns and stuff like that and try to create something, which is great. But the, the midfield just offers nothing in terms of it. Mm. And it's that's kind of almost more worrying than anything else. And, you know, if it was the we'd had these two decent wingers who were knocking these crosses and, you know, we were getting all these chances but we're just not sticking them away. Then I'd say, yeah, Bod Varson's probably not the answer. And it might need Dicko leading that line and saying, listen, this is how hard we work in the team and we're setting it from from the front line and work it like that, like we did almost under Jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, well, could just be able to play two up front? Yeah, for a change. We but we've tried playing two up front though. It just doesn't we work. Don't. But then it worked in the whole eight or nine season. But, but how long ago? I think I think not a problem for Jacket. But Jacket put us in this more modern day four two three one formation, and we did very well in it. And we've almost come to the point that we're so used to it, we can't play any other formation. We've tried in little bits over the years, even Jacket to play four four two, and every time it doesn't work. I'd love to play four four two. I think. We've all said Dicko and Bod Varson technically as a combination should be fantastic, but when we've tried we've it, we've got lots it just of midfielders work. who would be obsolete in I'd, a four-four-two. Yeah. Jack Price and Dave Edwards just would not work. I could handle four-two-three-one, but we're not playing that. We're playing four-three-three at the moment. Four-two-three-one, I mm. feel, would work a hell of a lot better if you played, say, Sice and Jack Price as the two than this four-three-three system, which to me isn't really I mean, there's occasion, um, going back to the Derby game it's still apparent against um, Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend is that positionally our players are poor and it's like against Derby all our, our wingers were so deep I think I mentioned it on the show second half and it, it, you know they just pushed an extra 10 yards further up the field and it just asked a couple of questions of their fullbacks mm. and it stopped them bombing on similarly first half why is Costa getting the ball in his own half? Mm-hmm. You know, it just encourages the other team mm-hmm. on them. And yeah. It's some really, really like stupidly basic stuff, which if you just push a little bit further up when you don't have the ball, will kind of open up and expand the game. Like I get annoyed that, I mean, when, even when we are 2 down in the first half, we had a corner and we brought everyone back. And, you can, and I know it's because we're panicking and... You know, we're a bit under the cosh. But it just encourages the other team. It's like the old Man United teams of Fergie. You always leave two, two up from the corner because mm. it makes sure that they always have three back. Yeah. And it's that same thing. Like, you you know, and it's, it is frustrating because it's, it doesn't require anyone to be technically better. It doesn't require Dave Edwards to have, you know, a far better touch or Savile to be quicker just requires people to have a look at where they're actually standing on a field. Mm. <laughs> uh, Cavalera had a chance in the second half for a few yards out. Should have probably really buried it. I think he, I think the chance was harder than, it's harder than, than yeah. what mm. people have made it out to be. People mm. have made it out like it was an open goal. He's at a tight angle. The keeper closed him down. He's done everything right by going across the keeper. Mm. Unfortunately, he's just grabbed it a little bit mm. More than what he would have hoped for. I mean, that keeper was on him <coughs> lightning. He was out on the off his light, yeah. which is exactly what we should have done in the first yeah. half. But the keeper was out there, and the other and the defender was, I think, next to Cavalier yeah. as well, closing in. So it was it was a good chance, yeah, decent chance. But say so it was not. But like, we say, should have had strikers running in so. to try yeah. and knock it in in case he has to square it. Yeah. I mean, but no one was gambling. Dicko wasn't square for it. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, that's, that, that's like another stick to beat uh, record signing with, oh, if you're £7 million, you should be putting those yeah. away. But mm. it's, it's, it's different when you're only coming on for 10, 15 minutes at a yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was his first touch, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 his first touch of the game. Yeah. You know, and I think you could argue, would Savile have been in that position if he was still on the pitch or <laughs> whoever? And he scores? No! Little titter. there. I no. saw yesterday apparently Savile is our top goal scorer of 2016. Yes. Is it? All yeah. over that. Oh, yeah. I, I felt you mocking me. I said before, I don't dislike him. I think he's a good footballer. I just think that, well, we just play a crap system a lot of the time. Mm. And yeah. there's clearly there's clearly a decent player in there somewhere. Well, um, I found, I just know, not on the left wing. I don't know if, if anyone else shares this opinion, but even with Sheffield Wednesday, and you could tell they could have gone up another gear if they needed yeah. to 
I still have not seen a defence at home and any games I've seen perhaps away that have been on telly where I've thought, wow, these opposition defence are really good. There's not been a defence yet where I've just thought, well, we won't get through these. Yeah, It's yeah. just frustrating <laughs> to watch sometimes. You just think, yes, our defence is fail, but if we could just have a bit more about us, which we know we've got, we could easily get a goal against this other team, a couple of goals. And that's what's probably frustrating me more, is that I'm still not seeing, even like Norwich, I've still not seen a team at home this season that I thought, we're not going to get through it. Well, Maybe Ipswich at home to an extent, but that's typical Mick McCarthy and how he sets up. I think yeah. the, the league is of a poor standard, which yeah. makes it even more frustrating. I mean, a red in third. Yeah. yeah. But how how poor, how poor yeah. was they when they came yeah. to our place? But they lost to us and thought, we'd better sort ourselves out now. But they were <laughs> yeah. so bad. I thought that's the early. worst team I've oh. seen down the Molyneux for years, mm. yeah. how they played. But they but thought we clearly very well that day. Well. Working out their style. And so, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that the league is particularly strong. No. Apart from Newcastle, who should still win away. Yeah, well, Newcastle should walk the league. Yeah. I think Brighton are a strong team as well. Um, but I think you take... They're, I would say they're the, the two best teams in this division. Apart from that, I wouldn't say... Especially when you see Leeds up there, like in six... Yeah, Blues yeah. in fourth yeah. or yeah. something, and really, really, <laughs> you know, is it a Blues Especially when you see on like paper? How many points are made for us? About 15? Yeah. yeah. I just feel they've gone off the rails. Especially when they've had their purple patch, they've fallen away. Mm. Norwich are in a bit of a funk at the minute yeah. and they've lost about five yeah. straight games. And they're, o- like they're only sixth or seventh still Norwich, but um, Jess Mox had to give, uh, is it Alex Smith? Neil Smith? What's his name? Alex, Alex Neil. There we go, that's it. Alex Neil. Alex the, Smith, uh, 100% um, seal of approval. Oh, that's exactly the name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Delia's going to be cooking up her next manager. Did anybody come out of that game on Saturday with any credibility whatsoever? Did anyone you go, you know what, they did okay, fair play to them? I, suppose, <laughs> I, I think when, when Dicko came on, he looked sharper than what he has done the last few games, so I could possibly take that positive. Has Lonergan redeemed no, some no, kind of shit? He can't kick, can he? <laughs> He likes so distribution, doesn't he? Yeah. He'd do well playing for like the, the line out, kicking out for line outs, wouldn't he? Yeah. Because after these kicks well, go I was going to say, that's something I've noticed. He always try. I mean, he overkicks them, but he always tries to spread for play by kicking it to the flank. <laughs> problem the ball, is, boys. it's a bit too far. <laughs> and it stretches mm. for play, which is great, because one of my problems with Akimi is... Straight down the middle. Yeah, it's the same every time. straight down the middle. There's no kind of effort to kind of always kick anywhere that's going to make it difficult for them. Problem is, if you don't have someone who can actually do it, then we just give away possession. Did anyone notice? He's still terrible. Did you notice that Emmy Martinez has been offered a new contract by Arsenal, but he's not. He's not good enough for the fucking Wolves. (laughs) (laughs) Did anyone notice at the start of the game? As soon as we kicked off, we seemed to kick it out for a throw in. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. I was like, we should have have known from that. That was Jack Price. Possession football. We're getting the yards, lads. Let's get on. Problem is, I like. Because of sort of the new rules there are about um, kickoffs, we now do this I thing. don't like it. I don't like the fact that you don't pass it to someone else. Single man kickoff. Because well, yeah, yeah, what we're like doing it. now is what they do in rugby from the start. And like you'll overload almost one side where you're like, right, I wonder where this is going. And all that's going to happen is, you say what Jack Price did, which is just going to roll the ball back, just try and kick it onto their full back and we'll just go go in for the scrum. Charge! Yeah. And it's... And it's, it's got like, like, Can you not just roll it back and... Pass it between your centre halves. Yeah. Yes. Get into position and then try and play it. Why are you making it sound so easy? <laughs> no. It's just I just I don't get it. Unless they've got a bet on the quickest throwing of the day. That's the only thing oh, I can I tell you what. Like that. There's some Chinese betting syndicate. <laughs> yeah. In downtown Bangkok. <laughs> um, let's talk about the other talking point from the weekend after the game. One of uh, Paul Lambert's comments about some well the squad in general or actually the new players. Uh, when asked if um, out of the new players will be given a chance to impress soon, Lambert said they've had their chance. They've played a lot of games before I came in. I'm trying to see everybody as best I can. The championship is unforgiving. Costa's come in and done well. He's only young. Tex and Cavalera have come in. Do you think that comment literally means what he's saying in terms of he's perhaps not going to give a chance to a lot of the favoured new people that a lot of fans like and that they could be out the door in January. I'm trying to think how the question, how the question was obviously levelled at him, but... Who asked the question? A local reporter asked the question. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, so yeah, I'm wondering how the question was levelled at him, yeah. but facing his answer, that just, don't, to me, just sounds like, well, 
they played a few games and they haven't scored 10 goals each so I'm going to drop them and put in the British players or the old guard mm. and they're going to get to the mess <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the ones that have already been playing for us for a couple of seasons and we know what they're like and haven't, haven't got us anywhere and these new guys that have come in and they've played about six or seven games or, and then suddenly no they're, they're, enough, they're um, comprehensively not good enough for the championship after seven games I, I didn't agree with that comment at all who, who were our best players the last time we won just out of interest when was the last time we won? Brentford, Brentford wasn't yeah. it? That was Texel, wasn't it? Who, who else? Who else had a good game? <laughs> <laughs> Costa did did Cavalera? Cav- well, Cavalera scored for decisive yeah. goal, didn't he? I mean, I thought Costa played quite well that day. He usually does do that. Says he had a good game. Says he bossed it. Says he's our fucking best player, that's why. No, that annoys me, that does. He's the sober. No, that annoys me, that does. The Savile, I can handle that, but when it comes to Says, that's what really drives me Yes. I've heard mixed things about Says. There's been times where he's not played well. Why is he not back in the team? This is the whole because kind of Cody, mate. He's amazing, isn't he? <laughs> this is where I go, but I'm not he trying to say. <laughs> I'm I've never heard something. I'm Times Estuary yeah. accent. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that some of the regular players we have the team should be playing every week. But I think it still goes back to this question of why, if these players are so good and so amazing, why aren't they playing every week? And I don't believe the suggestions that some people have been making on Twitter that there's an old guard mentality of ruling the roost. I really don't believe that. Are they worse than what we have before before they came? I, I, I don't believe that. There was, I don't all think these, they are. there was all these stories about the, the previous old guard. I you know, I don't believe we've got a, a generation at the <laughs> club that is like that. We basically got rid of an old guard to bring in these young guys and now the young guys have become the new old guard. So you're saying history isn't repeating itself? <laughs> uh, I just think they just need they need more of a chance. Mm. They've not had a chance. Somebody tweeted how many minutes each new signing has played and they've not had a chance. Mm. Cavalero's not even played a thousand minutes. When we're over 9,000 minutes into the season. How many minutes into the season? Are I don't count. How many games? I don't, I don't see 18, 19 games gone. So we... Someone did the maths. So quickly. Well, we that really really like 18,000 minutes nearly? Yeah. And he's played 900. What percentage of 18,000 <laughs> is 900? You're asking now. <laughs> so, I don't... Carol, <laughs> Carol, can you know for us? How, how can you say that's a chance when he's probably not even played... A quarter of the available minutes. So to five, do you say he's played nine hundred? It's not eighteen thousand minutes, though, is it? Well, how many games we played this season? Eighteen. Eighteen. Somebody who's really good at maths listening. It's this. It's this. Eighteen thousand is like seasons and seasons of matches. It's a, that's, just your, uh, so, that's just your FM. 18 times 90. What's 18 times 90? That's uh, 1620. Sorry, he's played a lot. He's played 900 minutes. That means he's played 10 full games for Wolves. I'm going to have to get the toys. Honestly. But we'll just do this. Sonny's gone, gone a bit quiet. Uh, it might be because he's injured. It's Prince on Yanga. Yeah, he's gone he actually, a bit. If you think about it, like him dropping out of the team, and same with Joe Mason as well, our form has massively slumped. Oh, I forgot about Joe Mason. I know. Yeah. I only remember. Is he still there? injured, Mason? We should, well, see, the club seem to have gone very quiet on yeah. injury news. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say, but <laughs> half. <laughs> Yeah, against Birmingham, he was outstanding for us, I thought, Mason. Yeah. He had a bit of a shaky first yeah. half, but that second half performance actually, was you know, incredible. I think he's still joint... Is he still joint top goal scorer? Has no, Costa, Costa, has Costa's Costa overtaken him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say he's own, he's got four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got Evans Landell, who's technically our joint top goal scorer with four goals. Yeah. Um, Tech Shearer hasn't... I don't think he's, he's been at the standard that we saw him at the start of the season. No, he's, he's dropped... As the weather's got colder, it's funny yeah. enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A correlation there. Yeah, I but do. you could say the same with like Connor Cody. I do so. think. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> it's hard for him to get higher than yeah. I do think January really interesting time because I can see, and this, with the player turnover, mm. I could see some loans being cancelled. Yeah. 
I can see Borthwick Jackson going back to United. Mm-hmm. I can see Ola John being put out to tender and shot. Because <laughs> I don't know where he is right now or what he's doing. Um, up until he started yes, uh, Saturday, I did think Stearman's loan could also count because it's not worth it. Like, yeah, up until I, I, I would be surprised if he goes up, up until that, Up until Saturday, he hadn't played since the Barnsley game, mm. which mm. was back in September, wasn't it? I mm. think. So, a tech share of them was wobbling over, but I, don't, I think he might stay. And then I think someone like Gladden or they'll just tell him just forget say. it yeah. just forget it Paul <laughs> go, and live, go and live in Sheffield Bolton just stay I, there for the rest I feel of the bad, season I feel bad for Gladden because he's only played two basically 45 minute appearances and even before when we signed him people were like oh, why are we signing this guy this is terrible yeah. he hasn't had a chance <laughs> literally <laughs> before really? yeah. I was going to say it's a bit funny because I saw Paul Gladden on the way into the ground not at Sheffield Bolton no unfortunately not but the bolt is a But it took me a good five seconds to realise he was an actual Wolves player. So I walked past, because I like, barely ever seen him, and so I just walked past. So I was like, oh. He did play for us, don't you? I was like, he looks familiar. <laughs> I was like, do I know him? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Oh, wait, no, he plays for a club. I spent lots of money on. I know he's from somewhere, so I just produces a curry. Oh, but I think, yeah, I think we can, we're going to see quite a changeover in January. I don't think we'll see many players coming in, but I, you know, Frozen aren't going to want to have the embarrassment of a team they've just bought in being relegated. They will be, you would think they're going to be panic-stricken a bit. You might find that, contradicting myself on what I literally 10 seconds ago, we might have actually some quite quality players coming in in January. Well, January's so notorious to buy in. But I think Fosen will know, well, the club will know that teams will put their prices up. But Fosen will surely be that desperate to make sure nothing bad happens this season, that they will just pay the money for who, whoever it is. You'll see more outgoings and incomings, though, surely. You'll see more going out. Yeah. I mean, we've got Zyro still to come back at some point, Jordan Graham still to come back at some point. Mm-hmm. So they'll be seen as new signings. But you've got to think that Fosen are not going to go back to... China and be like, oh yeah, we, we bought this team and we got them relegated. They'll be, <laughs> they'll 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 look at this. They'll probably already look at the season and gone right. We'll we'll start again this summer. We know the mistakes we've done from last summer. I think the takeover being so late probably didn't help them, and they'll regroup from there. But they'll have to make sure. And I mean, I'm, I we're not. I don't think we're going to get relegated. I know form's really bad, but I think Fosen are going to. I'm going to really so. I'm really going to enjoy clipping that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we're going to get relegated. <laughs> but I would hope come of May. I'd hope that Fosen don't do what they did in the summer and just spend a little bit on a lot of players. Because mm. I mean, 14 million in the grand scheme of things isn't a massive amount yeah. on. Is it 12 players mm. they signed in the end? You no, know, when you're looking at us, when you're looking at what Villa signing players for. Yeah, well, didn't they sign one player for fifteen million alone? Yeah. Yeah. And I would rather them spend, say, fourteen million on two five players. Pl- yeah, yeah, two yeah. players mm. get good quality and actually improve the whole, rather than just throw a little bit here, a little mm. bit there. And because not many of those players are massively better than what we had there already, mm. like Gladden. Yeah, I've got yes, really. Right, okay. you've been right. Fu- Luke has been furiously trying to figure this out because he, he, he wants to know that he's right. Right. <laughs> Cavalero has played 516 minutes. So 516 minutes over the course of 18 that's matches just, and 90 just minutes. About, just under a third yeah. of the season. So he's played, that's played, you could say he's played like 30 minutes, minutes a game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I don't think that's a chance really, is it? <laughs> Especially when he's a record signing. Yeah, yeah. Um, People seem to any, any, any more for any more. Who would you like to know? Yeah, all of them. Um, most Paul, Paul Gladden. How many minutes has he had? 186. <laughs> so he's um, played. Needs yeah, a chance. So he's played two games plus a bit of. I didn't think he even had that much to be honest. No. Are Tashira's we taking train the minutes of training? <laughs> 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 Tashira's had 753. He's had a fair. That's half so he's run. Half yeah, I'd say that's a that's not a bad chance. Yeah. Really. Costa's had 1,209. But Costa's going to be staying. Yeah. yeah. Um, Silvio's had 360. We'll talk about QPR in a bit. Okay. Silvio. Ola John's had 71. Ola John. He'll be gone. Ola John. Uh, Cavalier 516. Uh, Bod Barson 1,331. Lonergan 674. He'll be staying. Borthwick Jackson 627. Mm. He's played that many. Uh, Sois 686. 
On the Angway, 707. And Steerman, 270. There you minutes. Thank you, Luke Thompson. The minutes. <laughs> One thing I thought was also curious as well was Lambert's substitutions on Saturday. Mm. Because Ben, on, we, we were 2-0 down and ha- need to get back into the game. He took Costa off for... Help me out here. Who did he take off? Dicko come on for Costa, was it? No, no, he came off for Savile. But then he did take off Costa for... Texera? Yeah. Who then nearly got himself sent well, off. Well, Bob come oh, off yeah. for... Did Bob come off for Texera? And, and then Cavalero came on for Costa. Because Costa, yeah. Costa, Texera and Dicko came on. But they replaced Bob Varson... Costa, they replaced sort of three of them. It was like light for light changes essentially. And I was like, yeah. why don't you just keep some attack, mm-hmm. put more, put some more attacking players on the pitch. But do you want to notice on the team sheet there were no defenders mm. on the bench, no defenders no. whatsoever. Because he's that Ronan, didn't he? Uh, he's a, a midfielder. Is he? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, naturally you could have argued because he has played there before, yeah, but, yeah. but I just thought it was quite a surprising risk not to have any defenders on the pitch on the bench. Sorry, it's just that the starting eleven was very risk averse. <laughs> he might, yeah. He might just be thinking that he's essentially got three centre halves on the pitch. So if Stearman or Horse gets injured, he can mm. play off of them and drop Cody back. And if Doty gets injured, he'd shift Hawes there, so he might just think that there's enough versatility back there. And you've also got Sace on... Was Sace on the bench? I think he was. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they, they claimed anyway you can play centre-back, but I don't think if we'd have had seven subs, he'd have put him on in terms of... We'll talk about QP on a sec. Before, to finish on Sheffield Wednesday, it's only been two games with a lot of people on Lambert's back. Already, mm. the football's not the best, though, is it? You can but see already only, what he's trying to implement. It's only two games, though. Yeah, so I'm trying to implement that in two games. games. But um, it just makes me think: is it really worse? Is it really better than what Zenga was trying to get us to do? But have the last yeah. two performances been? And don't forget, when you get a new manager, probably seventy percent of the time, you get a bit of a, a bounce. Yeah, yeah. So maybe this is our bounce. Our bounce is it because we're not we haven't performed to the bounce. We got a nil nil draw, Dave. So you saying the nil <laughs> that, that is a bounce <laughs> away from home. But it's for, is it is 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 it any better than what we're doing under Zenga? Well, the argument is it more of a personnel, yeah. a player personnel issue than a managerial personnel issue. We made the issue with Zenga that actually, if Wolves had just scored a goal here or there, <laughs> a singular goal. Results will be so different, Zeng yeah. will still be in the job. Yeah. Is it any better than it was in the jacket? Yeah, because he's a swear. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what, what stat I would like to see if somebody could get this? I'd be really appreciative. Where would Wolves be in the table if you t- if you took out the first 15 minutes of every game? Someone spend the time and do that, please. If they could. Because I think we'd be about 7th. Yeah? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, only, only only walls could we uh, take a, a billionaire conglomerate and make <laughs> yeah. relegation battles. Do you remember when yeah. like people just used to laugh at us because we did the Icelandic clap and we thought we were stealing it? Now we just have like billions of pounds and still mess up. Yeah. Now we have clappers thrown on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Danny Bart's getting as well. I, mean, I dare, dare say yeah. he went, if, he, if, if it was him going over to clap the fans at the end. Danny Bart got booed. We're just coming on the pitch to give Bully and Tomo an, uh, an award for their 30 years song club. But when someone's coming, we're getting booed. <laughs> we're not even playing a game. So I mean, bad it, that was—I know we're laughing about it, but that was terrible. You shouldn't be booing him for that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, right, I think he just gets booed like Joe Sainsbury's or something. <laughs> right, let's talk about keeping up a Thursday night game on Sky. Uh, Wolves, if they lose, will go into the relegation zone and could be further into it. Depending on the results on Saturday, a draw and we'll feel a bit we'll feel a bit of ease. But a win, a first win in ten, and we'll, we'll probably be over the moon. We'll take on Ian Holloway's QPR, who've had an indifferent start since uh, he took over. Gentlemen, this is a massive game going into Thursday night. Not only in general do Wolves need a win to help you know boost some confidence back up and get out create some kind of gap at least temporarily in the relegation zone but just for confidence around the place amongst the fan base to know that these players can perform to what we think they can and get us back on track 
How big is this game, gentlemen, on, on Thursday night? Is it a classic six-pointer? I, 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 mean, I, I think this will be a horrendous game yeah. in regards to quality. It's massive, you're quite right, mm. it's a huge game. Mm. But I can just see it being awful. And the, and the, yeah. Especially if Lambert lines up like he has in the last two games, and there's no, nothing to suggest that he won't do the same again. I think it's going to be... It's going to be closer to rugby than it is football. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be just... Awful. I like yeah. the idea of if QPR win, Ian Holloway will just tear off his shirt to reveal a justice for Kenny Jacket t-shirt because <laughs> <laughs> he is still genuinely upset yeah. he got binned off. Do you think Lambert will make changes to the side on Thursday night? Because one of my concerns has been that we just don't seem to play a consistent side. Even if you can obviously see what we need to change that player around... We don't ever play. Have we actually played the same side twice? I think the change. I think the changes will be like for like. Yeah. So I think Bart will come back in. Yeah, Dicko. Yeah, Bart will come back in, but it'll be for Stearman. Yeah. Dicko will come in, but it'll probably be for Bod Varson. We won't see a. You know what? Let's do. Let's go four three three and actually play three centre midfielders and two out and out wingers and whatever. It will be right. Or if we're dropping. George Savile from Wing, great. Bit with Jed Wallace to come in. Do Cavalero might not get a start instead of Savile. I'd be surprised, but given no. his comments from the start of the week as yeah, well. Yeah, it seemed yeah. a bit. I hope oh. to God that he does play him, but you can't. There's no yeah. evidence to suggest yeah. he'll do that, given, like you say, given what he said. He, he obviously doesn't fancy him, does he? He doesn't think he can trust him, and he's not going to be a starter. And Lambert doesn't strike me as the type of person who would make wholesale wholesale changes, mm. which I think I wouldn't be. I think if anyone else, I wouldn't be surprised if they did because there's so many players who were massively underperforming. Mm. You, you could easily change all eleven of who played on Saturday, mm. and no one would argue against it because no. they don't deserve to play again. It's just crap, isn't it? Because at the minute we're just setting up to almost play every game for a nil-nil draw. Mm. We're playing for a nil-nil draw, and anything we can get on top of that is a bonus. Hence, one game. I almost feel like they need to go old school Kevin Keegan and let's just throw the kitchen sink at someone. Mm. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose, but at least try. And even when Dicko came on, we didn't have. They just didn't penetrate enough. It was very much just trying to move it side to side, never really got round them. It's just so inept. It's hard to gauge how, how actually good QPR be as a team the whole way because they won their first game against Norwich, but they had someone sent off after about mm. two minutes. Of they had quite a good start, didn't they? Under other way, but they've now kind of. I well, think they played two games, haven't they? They beat, they beat Norwich two one and lost to Ipswich three nil. Three nil, yeah. They've got to be a little bit bad if they let Ipswich score three against yeah. them because they can't be scoring any. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they've got they've got the textbook former Wolves player. Which they normally score against us, but this what Xbox player is Carl Emery, mm. so I probably won't score against it. Don't I was going to say, can you imagine if it was Carl Emery to put his 30 scream? Well, yeah. last last season at Loftus Road, it was a, a one all draw with a, a fluky James Henry goal. But remember that it was a fantastic performance from Val Napara after he was at loan spell from Brighton, wasn't it? Yeah. Val Napara, those were the days. Uh, change, any of the changes to think? So I think someone like Silvio should come back into the defence. I don't think he's been given enough of a chance and I was impressed with him in the brief appearances that I've seen him play. Honestly, then you said you could change every one of that starting eleven, and I don't think I'd lose sleep. Mm. You know, mm. he, even players who, right, Price didn't have a great game, he wasn't as awful as other players on that football pitch, but I wouldn't be upset if he brought in Sace and um, someone else alongside him. Um Right, those are the only sort of I think it will only be sort of small changes he, he'll make um, I, I would like to see Silvio given a chance because I thought that I looked, was comfortably the worst player on the pitch yeah. for me on, on Saturday he needs a bit of time out for he teams doesn't yeah. he I'd make a load I'd make about four or five okay, what would, would you bring in all of John and Gladden I would go yeah. a 4-2-3-1 I'd go Keeming goal Silvio right back Baff and House in the middle. Doherty left back. Two holding midfielders. I'll go Price and Sace. On the left, I'll go Cavalero. On the right, I'll go Costa. Attacking mid, I'd literally flip a coin between. No, I wouldn't flip a coin. I'd play Bright and Dick up front. You go Bright? Yeah. Mm. That's what I'll go for. That'll be my team. 
and I'll take the game to them. I would. <laughs> Don't know the words. Just have to see if she would have taken the game to them. Well, if you remember under Mick McCarthy, we played a similar thing where we had four defenders, two defensive-ish midfielders, and then four attacking mm. players. And I think really we need to return to that. Mm. Just we're not playing with wingers, we're not putting the balls into the box, and you're never going to score if you're getting into the box. Yeah. All these sort of formations just become like the in vogue formations that every manager, one manager just changes to, it, and then suddenly everyone goes, oh, I'll do that. Mm. And for the last couple of years, it's been 4 2 3 1, so everyone just kind of sticks rigidly to that at the minute. A few teams are trying to bring um, like 3 5 2 back into fashion, aren't mm. they? Like 5 3 2 3 5 2 sort of mix. I think Chelsea have been playing it. Yeah. It's one of those that must with... be the next infant kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing Wolves play through the bat. Imagine. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just Danny Bartrow, Danny Bartrow, Do you remember when we played <laughs> we played Cardiff and it was Dean Saunders and we played with a flat back fight? <laughs> yeah. His excuse was we would re- uh, they wouldn't have any chances. <laughs> and he said they didn't have any chances in the first half, so it worked. We were one nil down at half time. They had at least one chance <laughs> in that match. No. <laughs> Awful. Oh, yes. Back to QPR. Anyone else from the QPR team that you're aware of that we should be wary of? They've got that striker, is it uh, Lee Paltier? Yeah. Yeah. He's a threat. We always struggle against big, strong, physical strong. Is he the one from Charlton? Cause I is don't it, know. Because I know there's one. Got a yeah, quite a tall Scandinavian. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, didn't, he, didn't he score against us last season? Yeah, in that game? yeah he did. Yeah. Yeah. Haven't they got that player that we were interested in, that Silla? Yeah. yeah. It just, he's a big, strong unit as well. Yeah. So, Stephen should not play in this okay. game. Got Connor Washington as well. Who we did. We were we 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, had no intention to buy him. Who we sort of sent a text, but didn't really. Rob Green's still in goal for him. No, Smithies, he's a, um, Smithies. Yeah, it's Smithies. Oh, he's not a bad player. Mm. Uh, they've got Sandro, the old destroyer from oh, Tottenham. Oh yeah, I think mm. they've got one side. Does Stephen Corker actually play yeah, for them? I think so. <laughs> um, Sherry. I think he scored a few goals from this season. He's that top scorer. Sherry yeah. baby. Uh, Nader Manua still rocks out for QPR. Someone who we were interested in the Premier League, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, isn't it? He's um, still on a big contract from them, surely. Have they got Paul Robinson? No, is it? They've got Jack Which Robinson, one? he's to play the, for the us. The keeper, Paul Robinson. No, the dirty Albion bastard, no. Paul Robinson. <laughs> he was a permanent minute. No, he's, he's moved, I'm sure he's at somewhere else. I don't think he plays from there. Mm. No. The game, the QPR, let's say the obvious happens and we lose. And everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's the obvious <laughs> thing, is it? Yeah. And everyone, and everyone goes into meltdown and we go into the relegation zone, but you know, on, probably on goal difference this time. Surely the, the, the key thing we have to think of is that it's not like it's February or March. We've actually still got a good half of the season left to rectify it, and we've got January, and it only takes a run of two or three games to put you in mid table. Is that the difficult reality that we've got to try and think of? Is that if we do lose on Saturday, it still isn't the end of the world, that there is still plenty of time to fix the situation. There is, but we're yeah. on a slide, aren't we? Mm. Mm. You know, momentum breeds momentum, and usually it's positive, and like, you know, you'll get a few games on the bounce, but at the moment, our momentum's going the other way, and we don't look like we could buy a win, which is ironic considering how much money we have. <laughs> I'm not sad. No. If we lose again, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's just like I'm not saying we should have hired him off the back of a draw and a loss. But <clears throat> is this any worse than it wasn't a Rob Edwards as coach? You know, at least with that Derby second half, it was a spirited fight, and it looked like we could have done mm. something maybe, and just. I don't know, we we ground out that 0-0 draw against Preston and it was very much a grinding out result. And I thought, okay, you know what, first game in charge, away from home, probably for, probably the right job, get get them on the clean sheet, get them building on it. And don't get me wrong, Sheffield Wednesday, good team. But I'd have settled for us to have two banks of four that whole game and have just kept them out and have had nil nil at home mm. again, but 
we didn't even do that. It wasn't like, you know, we were in a weird state where we weren't set up rigidly defensively and at the same time we're never looking like we're going to try and outscore them. Mm. And, you know, that's, it's worrying. And I know it could be just it's two games, the team's low on confidence. He's only had about a week to genuinely work with him because some of them have been on internationals. But it's not looked it's not looked good these first couple of weeks, and it's and it's worrying, you know. Yeah, if we lose, you know, say we lose, and you know, one of the other teams around us win, we'll still be sort of three points off. But that three points becomes four points and five points mm. and six very quickly, and. Well, on that cheery note, yeah. let's do predictions then for Thursday night. Uh, as Tuesday night of recording, so only a couple of days away, what are your gut feelings telling you right now for QPR versus Wars on Sky and lovely Thursday night treat for you? Luke Thompson, I'll come to you first with your return of predictions. Um, I think it'll be the same as last season, just 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Oh, one, one. Adam? 1-0 one, QPR. Oh. Rich? 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Yeah, I think 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Why not 1-1? One, one. That's a full <laughs> house. A near full house. Just me then doing yeah. the horrible negative <laughs> don't, don't think we're going to score, do you, right? <laughs> a lovely Thursday night, boring, frustrating draw at QPR. Well, live on Sky. Live on Sky. <laughs> and that's where we'll leave this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Opera Creative. If you're looking for a new website or web solution, check them out at operacreative.com. Follow us on social media. Just type in Wolves Fancast on your, your social media platforms and you'll probably find us there on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and other places as well we'll be back next week to recap on that game against QPR uh, but for this week on this very joyous podcast I'm sure you've really enjoyed listening it's by from the re- oh actually Luke have you enjoyed your return on the podcast yeah it's been good yeah will we see you again yeah next time we lose no yeah. it's, I'll, I'll, I'll come on next week I was going to say next week <laughs> next, time <laughs> next time it's meltdown yeah now I can come on more because I've got um, my Tuesdays and Wednesdays are freed up again now so, expect more Luke's back. Everyone will just switch off now and we <laughs> back there for about 13 listeners oh, a week. I was enjoying our consistent thousand hits a yeah. week. <laughs> it's like when Goldberg came back the week and the rest of him. Yeah, and he just destroyed um, Lesnar. It's yeah. a great ending. I know people won't like me saying that, but I love that ending. Oh, that was great. Well, Didn't, see everyone, Didn't see it coming. Why was everyone going mad about it on Twitter, though? Was it because it was so fast? Do you want me to go into this? Or me and Andy to go into <laughs> this? <laughs> Tell time. There's all, if you were going to go deep into WWE fandom, people didn't like it for the fact that Lesnar... Put in the context that Brock Lesnar is an actual UFC fighter. Yeah, not right. Not a very good one. Though. Yeah, but he's an actual former heavyweight champion. <laughs> in the storyline of Dewey Dewey, he hasn't lost for three years. So he has a match against a guy who hasn't wrestled for 12 years. <laughs> and it's over in a minute and a half. And you're like, and, and Brock Lesnar doesn't even land anything on Goldberg. And you're just like, what? So it wasn't a good storyline then? No, I, I... It was brilliant. I it set up perfectly yeah. for the future. It, the yeah. ending was one of those where... You didn't see it coming. It was the first time I've watched a wrestling... I don't know what Andy thinks, but I first time I've watched a wrestling pay-per-view in about three years when Brock Lesnar bit the Undertaker where I genuinely was like, sorry, I, what? <laughs> I didn't expect that. And I'm sorry, how could they allow that to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Undertaker to lose. I'm an old-school Undertaker fan and that made me sick to my stomach. So, there's a little wrestling talk this week, yeah. But it's set up for Lesnar to win again at WrestleMania okay. next year. And will he get his lot of title back or something? Just the satisfaction of winning. Oh, okay. That's what it's all about in wrestling now. Yeah, that's yeah. I wish we could have some satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Which one of us is going to win this week? You? Okay, let's do that then. <laughs> Actually, he would be a great motivational speaker to have Paul Heyman. Yes. Paul, Paul Heyman, Heyman would be the perfect motivational speaker for Wolves. Is he the guy who used to come out with the Undertaker? No, that's, that's Paul Bearer. Oh, <laughs> May you rest in peace. <laughs> I'd have, uh, what's, what's, oh, what's the guy with the megaphone? Gold Jimmy from the South. Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart, thank you. <laughs> I'll get on the touchline next to uh, Lambert. Yeah. <laughs> the Rock would just, be a good one, wouldn't it? Well, the Rock would be bold, just bold. Yeah, The Rock would yeah. be really good. Yeah. Do you think this team are better than you? It doesn't matter if you think this team is better than you. <laughs> and then just bring out Stone Cold at the end when you win, just get the beers out. Yeah. To the corner flags. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing beers to the south. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's your rest of your talk. And that's it for this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. For this week, it's bye from Luke. See you later. Bye from Adam. Bye. Rich. Goodbye. Andy. See ya. And me. See you next time. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fiber Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build.